Welcome to Dog Talk and Kitties Too. I'm Tracy Hotchner. I wrote the Dog Bible, Everything Your Dog Wants You to Know, as well as the Cat Bible, Everything Your Cat Expects You to Know. This episode features one of three guests who were part of my weekly hour-long NPR show broadcast over the air every Sunday on WLIW-FM 88.3, the only NPR station on Long Island where it has broadcast continuously for over 15 years. This show is about dogs, cats, and other creatures who share the planet with us. Please check out my other Pet Talk podcasts at tracyhotchnerpets.com. This show would not be possible without the longtime support of Waruva, the pet food company founded and privately run by David Foreman, who named it after his rescued kitties, Webster, Rudy, and Vanessa. Waruva is a quirky name for a company with whimsical names for the dozens of different cans and pouches of cat food they make. But what sets them apart is how serious David is about high-quality nutrition. They were the first pet food company to use human edible ingredients and process them in the same facilities that make human food, remaining privately owned and run, accountable only to their own high standards. This show is also made possible with the generous support of Dr. Elsie's, the privately owned litter and cat food company founded by Dr. Bruce Elsie a feline-only veterinarian. He personally created many styles of litter to make sure that even the fussiest cats would not have out-of-litter box problems, the number one reason people abandon their kitties. Dr. Elsie also created his own brand of cat food called Clean Protein, the first dry cat food I can recommend because it's based on the protein found in a cat's natural prey. Dr. Elsie's is also the founding and continuing sponsor of my New York Cat Film Festival of which I am the founder and director along with the annual New York Dog Film Festival, which premiere in New York City every October and then travel the USA and Canada supporting local animal welfare groups. Go to dogfilmfestival.com and catfilmfestival.com to find out when we'll be where. I got an email about someone who had won the Von Liebig Prize. I didn't know what that was, and I thought, who is Lady Freethinker? Why did she win $25,000? What is the Von Liebig Foundation Prize? And I dug around a little bit, and it didn't make total sense to me. And then I went to her website, and Nina Jackal is a one-man band for animals in so many different countries and places. I, I wondered how you keep it all straight in your head, Nina. You're amazing. Congratulations on winning this award. I still don't understand what the Von Liebig Foundation from, I think, Palm Beach or something is, but it doesn't matter. You got the money and you're going to probably do really great things with it. Well, thank you so much. And thank you very much for having me, Tracy. It's really a pleasure to be here. Um, and yeah, it was a surprise to me as well. Um, I, I'm extremely grateful to have won the award. Um, I've been you know, working in animal protection for more than a decade now. I started Lady Freethinker back in 2013 and um, I'm still not sure how I keep it all straight in my head either, but <laughs> but somehow, <laughs> um, you know, somehow the organization, um, and, and to be clear, it's not just me. We do have an amazing team um, that's really working hard every day, um, and, and we have managed to raise a lot of awareness of animal cruelty issues and, um, you know, change perceptions, um, help animals on the ground. Uh, really do all we can to help end the suffering of all species. But what's interesting to me in looking at your website, Lady Freethinker, and how did you come up with that name? You'll tell me that in a minute, is that you sort of seem to want to 
fix something on the left and then someone gets your attention on the right. And so you've got tigers in a Thai zoo. Oh, wait, there's orangutans in a Thai zoo. No, wait, there's dogs on a beach in Costa Maya. And you're kind of it I feel I wonder if the world feels to you like you're putting your fingers in holes in the in the dam and trying to keep the water from from drowning you there's so many horrible things being done to all kinds of animals everywhere I'm surprised that you didn't sort of drill down or focus on one kind of animal or one geography why is it that you are scattered in this way in your good works yeah so there's definitely a, a never-ending supply of new situations, new cases of animal cruelty, and it's happening everywhere. Um, it's happening to all species, and we live in a world now where we become aware of cruelty happening right. in, in Thailand and everywhere else. Um, so, you know, to deal with that, and, and yes, occasionally it does feel overwhelming, but um, you know, we have a kind of pronged approach in that sense. Um, I have a journalism background, so we do operate very much like a media organization in that we publish stories and grassroots actions about a great number of animal issues. And um, coming from that perspective, um, from that educational, you know, press-like um, perspective, it, it's doable to educate people on a vast number of issues. Um, that said, there are some major campaigns that we do put greater emphasis and focus on. Um, so no, we can't do um, We can't do a deep dive into every issue, but we can at least write an article, write a petition, alert people to as many issues as we can and then um, distribute a, a greater number of resources toward more specific issues that we can um, ultimately make a, a, a greater impact in. Um, for example, right now, um, our biggest campaign is to end animal cruelty on social media. Um, it is a massive problem. It's a massive problem that uh, I think a lot of people aren't aware of, and uh, social media companies certainly are not doing enough to combat. Um, and um, we thankfully have made a difference. Of course, there's a long way to go. It's a big internet out there. Um, but we we have made a difference in reducing um, the number of extreme cruelty videos, um, as well as making people aware of them, getting press coverage for these uh, types of abuse that we're seeing on social media and uh, making making a dent. <laughs> Let's it's, put it it's, that way. It, it's it's got to be a very teeny tiny dent because you're just a teeny tiny little little um, you know sh- little ship bobbing on a sea full of many <laughs> animal welfare organizations around the world. Some of them long standing with big of uh, a big lobbying effort that they're able to do in Washington D.C. for a number of the organizations and huge mm-hmm. staffs and. They can barely make a dent. They, too, are little ships bobbing on the sea. So I'm just wondering about something like animal cruelty mm-hmm. on the Internet. Lady Freethinker, I'm sure you are not delusional, is not going to change what's put up on the Internet. You could bring awareness to it, but then what happens is people click on those very things you don't want out there, giving them more attention. Is there not some point at which you say maybe while that disturbs me and I can talk about it with my friends or colleagues or the board – Maybe that's 
I, I can't make enough of a difference. I mean, at what point do you say that about Absolutely a situation? Absolutely not ever. <laughs> that, that is, those words are not in my vocabulary. Um, no. And in fact, we have made a great impact. Even for a small organization, we have a loud voice. Um, I worked with the BBC on a documentary called The Monkey Haters for about a year and a half. It was released in June. Um, that documentary helped lead to the inclusion of animal cruelty in this piece of legislation called the UK Online Safety Bill, um, which was recently passed. And this bill um, aims to hold social media platforms accountable for what is posted on their websites, um, which has really never happened before. And, um, you know, from my little small voice to, you know, to reaching others who then reach others who then reach parliaments, um, you know, who then include this this bit in legislation that will change the future of social media, that's an impact. And, you know, while we haven't seen the full results of it yet, and, um, you know, certainly I don't believe that animal cruelty is going to be erased from the Internet overnight. Um, I, I do fully believe Good. that my voice makes a difference. So, Good. No, I, I mean, I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate, but I'm also yeah, not. No, I go I, this, is not <laughs> yeah. this is not just like a girl's cocktail party where I invite people on the show. Who I mean, there was a group called Philanthropy Circle, and it was all a bunch of people that give money to animal causes and would mm-hmm. get together and congratulate each other for doing that. And I don't do that because I am actually an investigative journalist kind of on a daily basis. And so I want to see what's going on behind good works. Not that there's anything nefarious going on. I want to know what is the, the, the through line that you see happening. And it's interesting that you, that something went to parliament, as we all know, the, the laws in England are wildly different than here, whether it's for the media or anything else, wildly Mm -hmm. different things that can be sued against or for in England can't be here. I'm not sure about vice versa, but certainly it works that way, whether it's Prince Harry or Kevin Spacey or various people um, that have sued and been sued against. And so it's a very different system, but the internet is, of course, the world wide web. So it's everywhere. So the law in one country can't really control what someone does in another country. But you're right. I mean, the, the awareness part is really good. So let's talk about a country like Thailand a country in which you have absolutely no, neither do I, neither does anybody at all in the United States have any impact on how they run their world, their lives, their zoos, their animals. And there are lots of countries, America being one of them, for example, in declawing cats, who do horrific things to animals that other countries don't. So you you have something up on your website, about orangutans being mistreated in, in Thai zoos by, it looks mm-hmm. like they make them box against each other, which is pretty horrible. That was one but, venue, yeah, orangutan box. And another mm-hmm. one in Thai zoos where tigers were whipped and chained and tortured to take pictures and stuff. Right. Yeah, it's all terrible. But when you bring that up to the world and you're an American person living in Southern California, what do you think will change if you, in fact, are trying to affect change? What will change by you bringing attention to it? How can you affect well, change in such a faraway place with very ingrained ideas about animals and women and all kinds of things? Right. Uh, well, first and foremost, at venues like those Thai zoos, um, tourist dollars are everything. They exist because people go pay to watch those orangutans box. 
Um, so, uh, you know, the immediate goal is to show people the cruelty behind it and and hopefully compel them not to go see that show, not Good. to go to that zoo. Good. Um, and, and that's how an American you know, tourist it can at least make that bit of difference. Um, changing policies in Thailand, yes, that's, that's more difficult. Um, but it, it's not impossible. And we have seen global pressure make a difference in other areas in the world. Yes. Um, particularly when you work with local activists who live there. Obviously, you don't want to come in as a Westerner right. and say, this is how you do things. Right. That's not right. Um, but there are a lot of activists in, I mean, in every country sure. who would like to see animal cruelty end. Um, and I do believe in partnerships with people like that. Um, those investigations were, you know, not performed by people who live in the United States. Um, and most of our partnerships with other organizations on issues like that are, um, you know, are, are with people who are really close to the issue and, and calling for change. And, and yes, it's a battle. It's a battle to try and get any policy changed anywhere to help protect animals. In the United States, um, our roadside zoos are, are abhorrent, right. um, the way that the animals are treated there. We've also investigated um, zoos in the United States. Um, you know, animal cruelty is not specific to any country. And I also don't believe that just because you're a citizen of one country means that you need to just kind of keep your nose in your own right. <laughs> region. I, I believe that in this global society, you know, we do see what's going on everywhere and that, you know, we have not just a right, but an obligation to speak out when when others are suffering, whether those are humans or whether those are non-humans. Um, you know, well, you've we obviously been voice. very effective at doing it. You have all kinds of followers, and I don't know how much money you've raised, but I'm sure it's lots because often these sort of sensational-looking photographs and stories do make people open their pocketbooks, and that's good because then it allows you to tell more stories. Or in the case of the dogs, the beach dogs of Costa Maya or some Ukrainian dogs, you actually... Did you partner with shelters there or good good doers there? And because your website says you brought back, I don't know, a dozen Ukrainian dogs and a dozen dogs from Beach Dog of Costa Maya. Are those organizations that you found or that found you and then you gave them funding to do individual dog rescue? Um, yeah, those are organizations that we've um, sponsored. Um, so... We have a grant program um, that issues um, a funding to usually small local rescuers like those in Costa Maya, um, like some in Ukraine. Um, Lady Freethinker doesn't actually do on-the-ground investigation. That would just be way too much. Right, we don't right. have the capacity for that. Um, but what we you know, do have is the ability to help other people who we see doing good work on the ground. And... Um, we have uh, organizations who apply for grants for wow. specific projects um, or sometimes, you know, we get referrals. Um, a, a reader will, you know, point out to a rescuer that they see doing important work and we'll reach out and see if possibly we can help them. Um, you know, that's kind of the, the other end of, of advocacy, you know, in addition to working to stop animal cruelty from happening in the first place. You know, you also want to help the animals who are suffering right now on the ground. And um, even though I personally don't have uh, the capacity to, to go out there and rescue, um, you know, as, as an organization, we can help fund people who are out there doing that work. 
Well, that's good. That, I mean, that explains it to me. Otherwise, you'd be racking up ridiculous <laughs> numbers of air miles. I'm like, how does this woman, I mean, and you obviously are doing good work in all these places, but hang on, how many of you are there? Like, do you morph into many little Nina Jackals? And I guess that that's the answer is that you give grants and you, I'm yeah. sure, do your due diligence that these people in each case are doing the work the way you would want them to be doing it, whatever their work is, and you're able to support them. So it is kind kind of a pay-it-forward network, kind of, would you say, mm -hmm. Lady Freethinker, where you're trying to engage as many people doing good works on behalf of animals as possible and both celebrate them for doing it or bring to light problems and then hope somebody notices and gets back to you with some ideas. Could even happen. Money, ideas, yeah. or I know someone in I Thailand. Let me call up the zoo director. I mean, <laughs> could happen, right? Exactly. Um, it, it really is all about joining forces with others and, mm -hmm. um, you know, being a catalyst for a, a global voice. It's not about me. It's not about any one person. It's about people coming together to create change because that's how change truly happens. Well, I, I mean, it is very heartening because there's so many ways in which you're making a difference, which at first I thought, how can this be? It's sort of skitsy. It's making me nervous. No, really. I really <laughs> and then there's billboards about bringing dogs inside when it's cold outside. Right, I'm like, right. oh, my God, this is making me so anxious. There's just too much bad in the world. And she's trying to shine a light on the bad and put money behind the good. And I get it. It's catalyst for a global voice for animals of every kind. And then the globe mm -hmm. is what the globe is. I think it's, I think it's quite extraordinary. And However, this foundation, which you're only the second recipient, apparently, of one of their awards, however they found you, they put their money in a good place. It seems to me you're, oh, you're really you. putting your shoulder into it, and I admire that. You're like, no, there's no such thing as it won't work. Whatever I do is better than not doing anything. <laughs> Hello. You know, that's, shine that's a light, true. don't curse the darkness. I, I sort of think that that's who you are, Nina, from what I can tell from talking to you and seeing all the work you're doing. You're kind of a, a candle lighter, not a darkness cursor. I, I appreciate that. Or maybe I'm just incredibly stubborn, I, well, one or the other. It, it, all, it all works. <laughs> it know. all works. And you've obviously motivated a lot of other people to work with you and to give to you and to reach out to you. So it's called Lady Freethinker, folks, if you want to see a really cool website. And I guess if you want to give her something more to do, tell her some more things that she could be doing or that you want to do with her or for her. Why not? I guess that's what they say, right? If you want something done, give it to a busy person. Nina Jackal, this is wonderful to talk to you. Thank you for being so frank and open with my with my diggy kind of questions. But I, but I, I see now who you are and what you're doing, and I think it's tremendous. So congratulations on winning and congratulations on being who you are and doing what you're doing in a very unique way. Thank you. I, I truly appreciate that. And thank you for asking the tough questions because they, they get my blood going. I like those. <laughs> Good. Then we're, we're two peas in a pod. Thanks again for being here. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the show. There were a few more special companies that make this show possible, and I hope you'll try their products because they support my mission to entertain you with valuable information and advice. This show is supported by Earth Animal, which is privately owned by Dr. Bob and Susan Goldstein, where they create holistic pet wellness products with an emphasis on their stewardship of the Pet Sustainability Coalition. Earth Animal makes a dazzling array of healing products for dogs and cats, as well as the innovative dog chew, No Hide, and the hybrid dry food, Wisdom, which is sometimes all that my picky Weimaraner Maisie will eat. 
The show is also brought to you in part by Evermore Pet Food, privately owned by two dedicated women who take human edible, ethically sourced ingredients to gently cook dog food that is then frozen in pouches and shipped right to your door. They founded and run their own company and answer to their own high standards without interference from venture capital investors. My dogs love it every single day.